listening to Ranking Tracks, part of CKCC Radio. And now your host, Jeff Trellowitz. And welcome back to the first episode of Ranking Tracks here in 2021. We are, I, and I say we because this time I am joined once again by the commissioner of CKCC Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Chris O'Mealy. It is a pleasure to be back here on Ranking Tracks, and I'm looking forward to today's topic. Yes, because every time I have a guest, I make sure that they're the ones that actually select the album because it's something that they're passionate about. So tell us what we're going to talk about this time. So when I was about 10 years old, because that would have been 1995, I started to really discover music. And when you're a kid... What kind of music do you listen to? You listen to what other people are basically telling you to listen to, right? Yep. Oh, definitely. Yeah, so, but Weird Al was pretty popular on MTV, and in 95, he was in the news a lot because, as we're going to talk about on this album, he released a parody song that the original artist was not cool with. So he was all over the news, and of course that just made me listen to Weird Al even more. And Bad Hair Day by Weird Al, the 95 album, was the first Weird Al album I ever owned. So we are going to do a ranking of the first Weird Al album I ever owned. And again, it's Weird Al Yankovic, one of my all-time favorite artists, top five favorite artists of all time. And I will completely agree to that because Weird Al is the only person I've seen in concert more than once, not counting Epcot (laughs) concerts. Same, same. He's the only one I can claim that to as well. Because I saw him in, and it was in two different states, because I saw him in Connecticut, and I saw him in Florida. Uh, What's funny about that is that's actually my first concert. And I attended that concert with another member of our CKCC radio family here, Jason Shin of J Bunny's Music Hub. I think I think at some point I oh yeah and I think at some point I need to have Shin on just to do a ranking tracks I think that will be an interesting one as well so it'll be fantastic Uh, put aside at least two hours because when he talks he talks yeah and now you talk about this being your first Weird Al album I actually had two Weird Al albums on vinyl. That's how long nice. I have been listening to Weird Al because it was one of the. It probably wasn't the first albums I owned, but I had uh, I had Polka Party, and I had even worse as vinyls. I don't know if I ever owned even worse, but I definitely had Polka Party on a cassette. <laughs> yeah, and I definitely have had my fair share of cassette tapes of yeah. Weird Al as well, old, guys listeners we are old okay so yeah you're sitting there going oh i was 10 in 95 i was 18 when this album came out (laughs) so i don't want to hear you go oh i'm old i said we it was was collective (laughs) but the other thing too is when you're a kid weird al is family friendly entertainment he always has been yep so it, it's not like it's one of those albums that you're going to go to the store and there's a parental advisory and your your mom or dad are going to turn their heads at what you're listening to. No, it's freaking Weird Al. Nobody cares that you're listening to Weird Al. So 
Speaking of, it's one of my favorite Christmas memories. My brother had asked for a rap CD. I want to say it was uh, House of Pain, if I remember correctly. And my parents got it for him, but they got him the censored version of it. So I'm in my room playing video games on Christmas morning, and I just hear, What the f- is this crap censored? And I just started bursting out laughing. I'm like, Sucks to be you. That's how mom and dad got the last laugh. Yep. All right. So like we said, this album actually came out in 1996. It was produced, recorded throughout 1994. Started on November 30th, 1994. Finished in January of 96. Uh, Wikipedia has it listed as three different genres. And no argument here between comedy, comedy rock, and parody. Weird Al can be any genre he wants, though. That's the thing. This guy can take any song, and that's he never does like the karaoke thing ever. He re-records everything from scratch, yeah. which is really impressive when you consider the range of songs that he's covered. Yeah, and like you've said in different uh, podcasts, and like I've said, the fact that he can cover every kind of genre not only says something about him as a singer but we also have to give props to his musicians to be able to cover all those genres for almost 40 years now oh absolutely and he's had the exact same band the whole time yeah which is the best part now this album is 12 tracks long it is 42 minutes and 13 seconds with three different singles so we're gonna get started with our ranking now my least favorite song off the album is actually going to be track number 10, I Remember Larry. Yeah, it's an original. It's the, the originals are always the most hit and miss of everything, while some parodies don't always work, because uh, it just seems like, oh, all I wanted to do was parody the hit at the time instead of working on making something clever. But uh, when he does an original, sometimes they're very good. And I have a list of like 10 Weird Al originals. I did that as an old blog. But this album in particular, while it is one of my favorite albums and I don't really dislike any of the songs, um, I will definitely agree that the originals don't really work. Uh, This isn't my least favorite original, but I can understand why. And the thing to remember is when you're talking Weird Al, there's three different kinds of songs you have the originals you have the parodies and of course every single album includes one polka medley which is always a highlight because you have to sit there and wonder what song is going to come next absolutely so we have i remember larry and then my 11th one is also a original song it is Track number two, Everything You Know Is Wrong. Now, I'll actually defend this one, because when it comes to just ridiculous music, this is a good example of an Al original that is just so off the wall with what he threw in there lyrically. Oh, yeah. And and each verse just builds off the next into the most absurd part of the song. The whole thing is absurd. That's yeah. just, it's just all. So, okay, so the first one, I remember Larry, is just about him rem- reminiscing on a guy who took the pranks 
so far that he basically commits a murder at the end. Yeah. Which I thought, which I actually got a kick out of. This one... So it's a style parody of They Might Be Giants, which means he just threw everything against the wall and just let it go. And nothing in this song makes sense, but that's also the point of the song. Yeah. I, I can agree with that. And again, if, if you're parodying They May Be Giants, you already know it's going to be absurd. You can't even... Pa- they Might Be Giants alone is a parody. I don't even... Yeah, like, exactly. The stuff that they, that they write, I don't know how they come up with. I don't know what they're on when they're like, let's write a song about this. But let's write a song I, called Constantinople. Yeah. You know, you I don't... They're, they're, they're most... The most famous thing they're probably known for now is that the uh, one of their songs was used for the theme of Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah. I mean, I would think Constantinople would be their most popular song, but the, the Malcolm in the Middle is probably two, and... And I learned, I actually learned this in the little tournaments group that I do on Facebook that you're a part of, that Istanbul was actually a freaking cover. And I didn't even know that. that. Well, then this is news to me. I must have missed that post. Yeah, I, I didn't even know that until somebody submitted it as a cover song. And I was like, that's a cover? And I looked it up like, well, I'll be damned. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was t- I was today years old when I learned that Istanbul might, they might be giants with a cover. Somehow, yeah, so spoiler, spoiler for this list, folks. Uh, a lot of the originals usually fall near the bottom. Yes. Although, like we said, some of the uh, parodies on this one are not necessarily the bigger songs, originals. Like, no. So, I mean, you look at the, the songs he parodied in the 80s, like, you can easily guess the song immediately. With this album, like, some of them are not exactly, you know, groundbreaking originals to begin with. I mean, it's the difference of covering Michael Jackson or parroting the presidents of the United States of America. Yes, but we'll talk about that. Yeah, exactly. That's definitely coming up. (laughs) All right, so next up, another uh, style parody of Elvis Costello, I'm So Sick of You. Yeah, this is my least favorite song off of Bad Hair Day, personally. Just because this doesn't do anything that he hasn't already he's already done quote unquote breakup songs and he's done better original breakup songs so this wasn't anything yeah this really wasn't anything different and I'm not that big into Elvis Costello anyway so uh, I'm not, not gonna go for style yeah. parody yeah I could not like I like probably one Elvis Costello song so <laughs> trust me I'm I'm with you with that, where I'm like, eh, I guess I understand the appeal, but I don't, so... Yeah, this is, like I said, this is one of the few Al albums where I can listen to the whole thing, even the originals, and still be entertained, but if there was ever going to be a track I would skip, it would be this one first. That's definitely my least favorite off the album. Alright, next up, we're gonna, well, something we may want to do tomorrow, it's calling in sick. season now so now there's nothing there i have nothing to look forward to personally until halloween again so exactly uh, i will not be calling in sick tomorrow oh i'm not i'm not either i just wanted to throw that out there but yeah if you're if you're gonna call in sick this is a 
What are you gonna do on your day off after you call in sick? That's what the song is about. Yeah. And again, it's it's not necessarily a bad song, but it's not one that I'm like, you know what I'm in the mood for? Calling in sick by Weird Al. No, I don't think I don't think anybody in the history of music has ever said those words. I if, me saying it right now is the first time it's ever happened. Yeah. So and it's not even saying it legitimately. Yeah. This is irony, folks. Yes. All right, next up is going to be the first parody. It is Cavity Search. You know what? I will agree. That's my least favorite parody. And the song itself doesn't do anything funny. We've already had the Oreo song. Yep. So what what new are you doing here? And I'm very, with all due respect out there to certain people that might be listening, and I'll take heat for this if nobody disagrees with me and that's you know that's fine I'll, I'll always take the heat for this but you two can suck eggs i hate this band i hate the people in the band i think they're super overrated and i don't care how much that insults you get over it bono can suck it so you're not a fan of the edge i'm a fan of Edge. <laughs> like i like certain you two songs and I don't even like I don't even dislike the original. Although again, if we're gonna talk U two songs, I don't think "Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me" is gonna be in anyone's top ten. No, it's off the Batman the, Forever soundtrack for crying out loud. But it's also one of the only tolerable Weird Al or Weird U two uh, songs I can deal with. So at least if he's gonna saddle me with some Weird Al or some U two, I'm getting this really confused. Yeah, see, this is how much I hate U two. Even you're all flustered. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's fine, but I'm gonna say right now I would actually prefer the original. I actually have a uh, this is this is gonna make me seem like a huge nerd, like I wasn't already. But the only the one thing I do like about "Hold Me, Throw Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me" is that back in the E-Fed days, so I'm really gonna date myself now. Uh, one of my friends used this for one of his characters, and that character resonated with me so much that the character's in my upcoming book. All right, for so there you go. <laughs> so for those people who do not know what you mean by E-Fed, explain. All right, this is literally the dorkiest thing possible, but you you basically have an online wrestling promotion. You create wrestlers, and then you role-play the characters and you win matches by how good you can roleplay. It's just as nerdy as it sounds. But again, let's look at some of the things that you are into. Let's look at the things that I'm into. If anyone criticizes E-Feds, you can go to hell. I mean... No, I, I, can't, I can't defend that. E-Feds are pretty dorky. I'm, I'm oh, no, I'm not saying that. that they're not. But again, we're here talking about Weird Al, so... Hey, I'll give you. I'll give everybody a Weird Al wrestling connection. I have always downloaded a Weird Al character in all of my wrestling games. Hell yeah! He's always he's always been on my roster. I don't blame you. And I go for classic Al. No offense. I, I don't. I don't mind his new look, but I always went for classic Al. The classic look. Yeah. Oh, I agree. The mustache. All right. The mustache, and the glasses, and the, the shorter hair. Yep, and the wild shirts. Can't forget the wild shirts. The wild shirts. Yep. Alright, next up is another parody song that I'm not a huge fan of. 
Syndicated Inc. Yeah, this one, again, he's already done TV parodies, so he's not breaking any new ground. But I do like this song because I'm a fan of the original. I like Soul Asylum's Misery. Yep. I And but and I geeked out so hard when they started playing it at the very end of Clerks 2. Yep. Because I like that song. And all of a sudden they start playing it, I'm like, that's perfect. This is a perfect way to end the Clerks saga. Or so we thought. Well, we're, I'm still waiting. As of this recording, I'm still waiting, Kevin Smith. <laughs> any time, any day now. Well, in his defense, there was kind of a global pandemic that, you know, interrupted a lot of filming. So maybe we'll get it soon. Blah, 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 blah. Kevin Smith, give me my movies. <laughs> to quote Batista, give me what I want. All right, next up is a song I know that you're a fan of because you recently talked about it on the Nerd Table. It is The Night Santa Went Crazy. Which, which number are we on the list right now? That, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. We're halfway through the list. Okay, so it doesn't make the top tier on your list, which is fine. It would be on the top tier of mine. Um, so Weird Al has only ever done two Christmas songs, right? And the first one was good. It was uh, Christmas at Ground Zero. And it's, <laughs> it's ridiculous because yes. it's Christmas during a nuclear apocalypse. But it's so upbeat. That's the thing about it. It's so upbeat. And then he comes out with The Night Santa Went Crazy where there's nothing upbeat about this. Nope. The entire song is Santa's had enough and he goes on a killing spree. He murders almost every reindeer. And the elves. elves. Yep. And gets to get taken down literally by the FBI. Reminds me of the opening to Scrooge where uh, Santa's workshop is under attack. Yes. Yes. <laughs> when did Scrooge come out? That was early 90s, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, Scrooge, I... <laughs> but remember, it's not Santa that's doing the attacking this time, so it's not... Well, yes, but I'm just saying, if Scrooge predates this, there might have been some influence there. Let's see, Scrooge was actually 88. Oh, yeah, so definitely, easily. Uh, so, what's, what's, I always appreciated about the night... Santa went crazy is that there's two versions of it. There's the extra gory version that he sings in concert where Santa doesn't go to jail in that version. Santa flat out dies. <laughs> so it's a family song. Alright kids, we're going to gather by the fireplace right now and we're going to sing a song. It's called uh, The Night yeah, Santa Went be, Crazy. This is one of those things, oh my god, this would be so perfect to like just <laughs> fool a bunch of children sing a song about the night Santa went crazy pull out the guitar like Adam Sandler style and just rift yep. and then just see the crying faces at the end it would be like a, it would be like the beginning of Moana where Grandma Tala tells the, this creepy story and scares all the kids but then there's the one kid in guitar that's like super infatuated and smiling and you know that's the kid that's going to grow up to either be the cool kid or the serial killer you just don't know which one could be both really I mean yeah that's true <laughs> All right, and earlier you had said that uh, Al had done some better breakup songs, and we're going to talk about one right now called Since You've Been Gone. So here's what I like about this song. It's an original cappella, which he doesn't do a lot of, and it's only a minute and 20 seconds long, 
so it doesn't overstay its welcome. I yeah. can appreciate that. And I think most of his albums have the really short song, like Harvey the Wonder Hamster. Harvey, or... Harvey, Harvey the Wonder <laughs> Hamster. He doesn't just, buy, oh, he doesn't squeal. Just the theme to the Weird Al show. That yes. He just threw on Running With Scissors. Like, he always has the one, just the short song that's short to the point and gets it done, like uh, Weasel Stomping Day, which the, the official music video for that is a robot chicken sketch. Yes. Yeah, like... Yeah, this, this original does exactly what it needs to do. Yeah, and it, like I said, for me, it's the I think it's the highest rated original on this album, so... Oh, yeah, we're done with originals now, aren't we? I'm uh, double-checking everything. Looks that way, yeah. Yeah, because all that's left is... Uh, Five parody songs. <laughs> yep. Parody or a polka, so... I always count polkas as parodies because it's they're still doing something. And if you actually look at how he arranges his albums, it alternates between, and the polkas are always in a parody spot. So I've just kind of put that in my head that they count. Yes, they're their own thing, but they're still technically parodies, so... Alright, that's true, too. Alright, so next up... Next up is All About a Box of Chocolates. Gump. (laughs) Gump. Okay, so... What can you say about a song that's probably better known and better than the song that it parodies? Yeah. Because, again, like I said, the presidents of the United States were a blip in the musical radar that most people don't even remember. I'm, I'm sorry to say it, but... Unless you really like peaches. Yeah. If you really like peaches, you probably remember them. Or you like the Drew Carey show. Yeah. Because they did the theme to that. Yes. But... Cleveland Rocks. But, yeah, I mean... So this... Uh, go ahead. Okay, so when it comes to parody, right... When it comes to parodies, sometimes you can tell he's he's like, I want to parody this song, so I'm going to write a, a song around it. This is one where he was like, this is just too perfect. I can. He heard Lump, turned it into Gump, and the rest is history. I'm also a fan of when he does movie parodies like this. Between The Saga Begins or uh, Ode to a Superhero, where he basically tells the story of a movie in... You know, two and a half minutes. <laughs> All right, next up is TLC's. I mean, phony phone calls, phony calls, parroting waterfalls by TLC. Again, that was a song that was kind of a hit, so I'm not surprised that he went for it. But and and again, this one works because all he did was. It's a title thing, right? It's not like Hold Me, Throw Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me, where he just took the song and was like, I'll just rewrite write that into A Trip to the Dentist. This one was Waterfalls to Phony Calls. He worked the song around that, and it works. Yep. And, of course, and- got to give a nod out to Stupid Sexy Podcast for the Simpsons uh, phone call in the middle of the song. Well, if you didn't mention it, you knew I was going to. Of course. The part is, he, is he sneaks in a, a call to Moe's Tavern. and Hank Azaria and Nancy Cartwright got credits on the album as well they should and that's the other thing I love about Weird Al is he will give credit regardless again thinking about in one of the pokas where he does Ice Ice Baby giving credit to Queen when even 
Robert Van Winkle, a.k.a. Vanilla Ice, didn't give credit to Queen. Right. He also had permission to use Photograph by Nickelback in one of his polkas, but he couldn't work it in. But he still credited the band because they had given the permission. Exactly. He is one of the most unselfish musicians in the he's history. Like the, he's like the most wholesome musician out there. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, Bono, suck it. <laughs> All right, so we have two left, and... Yes, and of course, it's my favorite two off the album. Of course. It's everybody's favorite two off the album. Gonna go with number two for me is Alternative Polka. This is one of his better polkas, too. That's the other thing. Like, like not that... I don't. He's never done a bad polka, I don't think. No. Uh, it really depends on how he works in the songs, and sometimes it feels like some stuff did get forced in, and it doesn't really work. A good example of that is I really, really liked uh, the the one he did called Polka Face. Yep. Which, which it's it's uh, sandwiched by Lady Gaga, who was the hot artist at the time. But I remember he works in a song that I really like, which is Fireflies by Owl City. Yep. But it just feels like he was working it in because it was one of the songs he had permission to do, and I never felt like it fit with the rest of the, the way the song was working. It just kind of shows up. And then transitions into other stuff. So we'll, we'll take a quick look at the songs that are polkaed in this, starting with Loser by Beck. Which is the intro thing, too. Like, he has that intro guitar riff. Yep. He puts that in as the, as the kickoff, which he's known to do for some of his polkas. Sex Type Thing by Stone Temple Pilots. Which is a good Stone Temple Pilots song. Yep. All right. All I Want to Do by Sheryl Crow. Hot song at the time. The, the one song you never thought you'd hear Weird Al sing, Closer by Nine Inch Nails. And it's the best is how he censors himself while he's singing the lyrics, because, yeah. Bang and Blame by R.E.M. Eh, not one of the better R.E.M. songs. No, but it's also not one of the worst ones. I've never understood the no. popularity of Orange Crush, but that's me. Uh, Orange Crush has a good beat, but the lyrics make no sense at all. Yeah. You Ought to Know by Alanis Morissette. Well, of course. Bullet with Butterfly Wings, Smashing Pumpkins. Which they still play on the rock station that I listen to to this day. You'll, you'll hear, the world is a vampire. It's like, oh, here we go. My Friends by the Chili Peppers. Again, not necessarily the most obvious Chili Pepper song to use. Chili Peppers songs, yeah. whether he's parodying them outright, like Fred Flintstone, yep, or works them into polkas. So they must be they must be tight then. I'll stick around by Foo Fighters. Again, not one of the better Foo Fighters songs, but also not one of the worst either. Uh, speaking of R.I.P. Black Hole Sun, uh, Soundgarden. That's that's easily Soundgarden's best known. Oh song. Well, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, and that's with, one of the ones where you know that that was. I mean, I remember how hot that song was when it came out. That was all over MTV. Yeah, because kids, MTV used to play music videos, and now it's all about girls getting pregnant at thirteen. Yeah! Wow. <laughs> and then the last uh, song parody or song in the polka is "Basket Case" by Green Day. Yes, which came off of the best Green Day album. Yep. In the, fact, the, who didn't own Dookie? Oh, I, I still have the CD downstairs. So, so do I. Everybody owned the CD at one point, and 
and everybody knew Basket Case. Everybody sang Basket Case. It was that was a hot freaking song. In fact, I'd even wager that might be one of Green Day's top singles. I'll uh, I got their their wiki deal in front of me here. Let's pull up the discography and actually take a look because I I want to say this may have been their most successful single. I, I, I don't quote me on this until I actually get there, but I, I do genuinely believe that... Uh, While you do that, I'm going to pull up on uh, Spotify, because they tend to list... If you put in an artist, you'll find out which songs have been played the most. And, yep, number uh, one song for Green Day is Basket Case. Well, it, it did go platinum. Did go BPI platinum, but when I come around has two gold and one silver certification. So when I come around could actually be considered more successful because it got even though it didn't go platinum, it still got three certifications instead of one. Yep. But then my entire argument falls apart when I see freaking Good Riddance Time of Your Life, which is so overplayed. I don't hate the song, but God, it's that overplayed. <laughs> And then don't even get me started when I look at American Idiot, which clearly was their most successful album. Yeah. Because American Idiot, Boulevard of Broken Dreams, and Holiday all went number one, all got certified platinum, and got other certifications. Even Wake, Wake Me Up September Ends got three platinum. So, so yeah, for, forget it for me thinking Basket Case was one of their most successful songs. It's not even in the top five. Yeah, but it's still... a. It still is a successful song for them. It's again, it's one of those songs where if you say Green Day, pretty much everyone's gonna say Basket, Basket Case. Case. Uh, it and might not be the number Basket one Case. song that they say, but it's definitely top three. I'll agree with that. All right, and that's gonna lead to our number one song. As if there was another choice for number one off of Bad Hair Day. It is, of course. You go ahead. You take it. Ah. Uh, the song that made Coolio cringe. It's the song based on the area that I live in right now. In fact, Lancaster appears in it. <laughs> the Welcome to Lancaster signs in it. It's Amish Paradise. His most successful song until White and Nerdy came out, by the way. And again, that's impressive when you think about some of his 80s hits. I know. When you really look back on what else he's had between and eat it like a surgeon yeah like a surgeon because he we had we got the madonna parody in there yeah this was but this was the most at the time it was the most successful until uh white and nerdy came out and basically rejuvenated his career yep in 2006 i mean yeah this is uh this is this is easily this isn't just the best song off this album this is my number two weird al song period so like you know, this is, I mean, it's fantastic. It's the proof about Weird Al. Weird Al can rap. Yep. He, Like we said, he can do every single genre. So, I mean, it, it, it's a fun song. It's upbeat. It's gets stuck in your head after uh, the first 15 seconds. And here's the other thing. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the controversy here. Basically what happened was the record company gave the rights, but Coolio declined. Um, Al was sincerely apologetic about that because if he he has artistic integrity, um, Coolio never 
return, but he also never complained when he received the royalty check. <laughs> so they, they basically, uh, up until 2006, um, they were pretty much on the outs for, I mean, that was like going on 10 years there. Yeah. But they had made amends, and Weird Al did state on a Reddit, Ask Me Anything, that, uh, that they were cool, they've, all the water was under the bridge, and Coolio even stated in 2014 that his decision to refuse the parody was stupid, and he had wished someone as management team had stopped him. He does consider it to be funny. So at least, going back to 2014, everything has been 100% cool. And he even said, this, Coolio also said that, yeah, he did Michael Jackson, he did Prince, people who are definitely more talented than I am. He goes, it made me look dumb. It was one of the dumb things, and I'll admit that I did very stupid. So I'm glad that they've made amends, but I'm even more glad about that miscommunication because I can't see Weird Al without having this song. This yeah. is the song that made me a Weird Al fan. I can completely agree with that. Again, like I said, I've been there, not almost from the beginning, but like you said, this is what definitely reinvigorated his career. So... Because you, you look at what, like, he had done a lot. The last three albums before this were all greatest hits. And the last studio album before it was Alapalooza, which, again, has some great songs on it, but also has some really bad songs on it. It does have Jurassic Park, though. Yes. Which I love. That's my number three Weird Al song. I, uh, again, so. when I talk about... Uh, Movie songs, yeah. Jurassic Park is one of, like, I didn't even know that that was a parody. I thought that was actually an original song. Did not know of MacArthur Park until one day it was on the radio, and I'm like, wait a minute, this isn't right. <laughs> I know, and again, it's such a, when you talk about a song that's better than the original, a song's about a freaking cake. Yes. No disrespect to the memory of Richard Harris, but that song is not good. No. So, and another thing is, Al doesn't always parody, he, he parodies the hot songs, but then he'll also parody stuff that he just has an idea for, like, when he did the, the episode one song, and he parodied American Pie. Yeah. It's not like American Pie was new in 1999. No. Uh, again, when you look at Ode to a Superhero was a Billy Joel song that, you know, right. had been around for 20 right. some odd years. Right, precisely, exactly. That was the, uh, you know, you, and you look at all the other stuff that he's done, it's not always the most relevant, but he does what he, what he feels like he can get the best reaction from, and, you know, it's not like he, even though some of his, some of his, um, some of his songs don't always hit, like, they're, they're not always hits, it's not like he's just phoning in songs to do it, he's gen he sings about something he genuinely thinks will work will work and when it sometimes it does sometimes it doesn't and it's not like you know it's it's not like he's openly trying to just fill these these albums with stuff he's just like no I, I wanna I'm gonna do something and when and his originals are all parody stylings yep. too it's not like he'll see like how can I how can I do this and make it interesting like his his last studio album which he has said will be his last studio album he's just going to do singles now was mandatory fun in 2014 but look at the songs that he parodied he did Iggy Azalea he did Lord Robin Thicke 
Imagine Dragons and Pharrell Williams, Happy. I mean, those were the hot songs at the time. Yep. But then you go back a little bit, and you're like, he did the freaking Zoot Suit Riot. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so what are you going to... He, he does what works for him, but go, just really quickly going back to Amish Paradise here. Uh, don't sleep on this music video, guys. The video is fantastic. It's freaking hysterical. I mean, Florence Henderson, for crying out loud. Right, exactly. But yeah, when you when you look back at Bad Hair Day, the mid-90s album, I feel like Al had three career surgences. He had his original 80s boom, he had a 90s comeback, and then he had the white and nerdy comeback, which is what I call it, because he had kind of poodle hat, even though it has one of my favorite polkas, because it's all rock songs. And hearing Weird Al doing David Draymond's ooh-wah-ah-ah is just fantastic. Uh, it's not a great album overall, and you kind of look at it, and you're just like, well, I mean... Yeah, uh, same thing goes with uh, Alpocalypse. Not necessarily a great album. Yes, it's got, like, you and I love Skipper Dan for obvious reasons. Um, we can't get away. Yeah. You know, the, the Lady Gaga parody is good, but some of the other stuff on it is not good, even, like, the no. parody stuff. So... That- that polka song is fantastic, though. Polka face. Yeah. It's so because it's that's that's like I said, uh, that's where he does a shoehorn, but he gets so much other really funny stuff in there. I mean, some of the stuff he does is brilliant too. He does he parodies Lady Gaga with a song about Lady Gaga. Yep. He does the TMZ song, which it, you know, my opinion of TMZ is not positive. No. Because I can't stand I can't stand that news. Yes, I know that they're usually accurate, but I, but they're always first to stories that they need to be a little kinder with. Yeah. So to hear Al just go after them made me happy. Skipper Dan, he does a Charles Nelson Riley song, which is basically uh, it's basically Chuck Norris jokes, but with Charles Nelson Riley instead. Yeah. So, but yeah, other otherwise, it's just it's just stuff where you're just like, uh, okay, it's yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it again, to wrap up on Amish Paradise, it's just, it is quintessential L. Nothing more needs to be said. It's, yeah, if you want, there, there's a couple of songs that will give you the perfect, the perfect flavor of Weird Al. Um, I would say one of them is Eat It. Yep. Because, not, although as, as good of a parody that Fat is, I think Eat It parodied a more popular song yes so and you can see exactly how he can take something like a classic michael i mean beta is probably michael jackson's biggest hit thriller it's no, probably the thriller okay 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 thriller but but beta is one that everybody everybody knows it yep everybody knows beat it they still play beat it people yep. love that song and then there's here's Al's parody version of it, which, and let's be honest here, Coolio. If it wasn't for Amish Paradise, would Gangsters Paradise have stayed as relevant as it did? That song is not exactly on everybody's hit list in 2021, but Amish Paradise has kept it alive. Yeah. And I'll even say the same thing about White and Nerdy, my favorite Red Al song, his number one biggest song. 
Ride and Dirty by Chameleon Air would not have lasted as long as it did if it wasn't for White and Nerdy. No. And Chameleon Air himself admits that. Yep. In fact, when White and Nerdy came out, Chameleon Air put it on his MySpace page and was like, guys, check this out. This is brilliant. I, I look at, I think it was Kurt Cobain who said, you know you've made it when Weird Al parodies you. Yes, exactly. And I remember I also loved when he was like, Is this about food? Yeah, is it about food? He's like, no, it's about how we can't understand you. It's like, that's even better. He's like, yeah, that's fine. (laughs) So, I'll I'll close out my opinion of Bad Hair Day with this. This is a good album, top to bottom. It's not his best work overall, but it's his best consistent work through and through. The originals are listenable, even when they're not great. And the parodies are just they yeah. range from fun to brilliant to absurd which makes them brilliant absolutely absurd and if you guys are going to if you're a musical artist and Weird Al wants to parody you you say yes and you do that with a smile on your face do not follow Coolio's example exactly and I'm currently uh, watching Goldbergs for the first time he even appears in the Goldbergs as himself <laughs> Well, he's a a kind Jew, you know? All right, so that is going to wrap up episode number 22 of Ranking Tracks. In two weeks, as I announced on the uh, year in review, I will be staying in the 90s to do Jagged Little Pill, Alanis Morissette. Oh, that'll be fun. That is another album I have never listened to from start to finish. So. that was a that was the album that wouldn't die. No. So when Jagged that, Little Pill came out, that was everywhere. It's Uncle Joey's favorite album. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, it's really not. All right, so that is going to wrap up this super edition because we're going on forty-two minutes. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Deal with it. All right. I want to thank the commissioner, Chris O'Mealy, for joining me on this episode of Ranking Tracks. You are the first two-time guest host. Will not be the other one because Dan wants to come back. Mark wants to come back. I want to have more guests on this year than I had in 2020. So it's a good starting point. I want to thank you all for listening. And uh, have a good one, everybody. Happy New Year. Woohoo!